Recorded live from the Hemet Point Studios in Lima, South Carolina, this is the All 7 Days Podcast. Stan Fields and Trevor Montgomery taking your questions and answering them from the perspective of a couple of church members just having conversation about spiritual matters where the Bible gets to define truth and our minds and perspectives get to conform to that truth. <gasps> that was a long sentence. How are you, Trevor? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Doing just fine. Our uh, audience may recognize that your voice sounds a little bit different, but that's because you're in a different location, which we will remain unnamed. It's a secret, top secret location. Top secret location in the bunker of some mountain in somewhere. Somewhere. We'll just leave it as somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe one day we'll be able to reveal this location, but until then, you can ask where Trevor is by sending a question for the podcast at askatall7days.com. You can send a voicemail or text, 864-660-9473. You can join the All 7 Days Hangout on Facebook. Listen to the podcast and all your favorite podcast apps. Share it with others and get mugs and t-shirts, all7days.com slash shop. And support us monthly, anchor.fm dot all 7 days, or slash all 7 days, anchor.fm slash all 7 days. So thanks for listening today. Uh, Trevor, what the heck's going on with you, buddy? You got your beard all trimmed up. The did you? It almost looks like you've got it so short that the white stuff in the middle is barely visible. Was that the plan? Yes. Okay. I, uh, <laughs> came, I came back from vacation and cut it off. Cut it off. Well, yeah. You know, a fresh start. We got a new school year coming up in a few weeks, so I figured. That's right. Yeah. And you're you're starting uh, basically a new position too, aren't you? Yes, I am. I'm headed back to the high school but i'm doing something a little bit different than what i had be had done before so so what are you what are you doing different what's what's well in the past i did a thing called self-contained so i kept those kids all day in the same classroom yep for this year i'll be going out to different classrooms with different kids working on like their gen ed work with them okay yeah so I get to get out and see see the world, as I like to call it. <laughs> get to get to audit some classes, do you? <laughs> Basically, spying without spying. I got you. Well, that's cool. Yeah, that's it's cool. a new position uh, for me. It's a new position, so I'm excited. Awesome. Well, we'll be uh, praying that you have a very successful school year with those uh, these kids that we call someone's baby we'll just leave we'll just leave it like that (laughs) (laughs) no but at-risk kids right that's that's kind of the it's kind of the deal you're working with they're 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 considered special ed but um they're still able to go out to the regular classes they just need some need a little help yeah just a little extra something we all need a little help sometimes that's cool so i have a question for you oh yes what's that and so I see your shirt, and all I could see is it says, "I'm writing to fight kids." <laughs> let me let me raise up just a little bit. Writing uh, to fight kids' cancer. <laughs> Big word, cancer, at the bottom there. Yes, that's yeah. uh, uh, that's that's a good. That's, I'm glad you saw the shirt. I didn't I didn't realize I would get advertisement for this today. But in September, I'll be doing some bike riding. And I'll pledge to ride uh, a number of miles, which will probably be in the neighborhood of three to 400 miles in the, during that month. And uh, folks who are interested, 
can support me in that and it's all the money is raised goes towards cancer research uh, for children so nice. being a cancer survivor myself it's uh, I'd actually started it about four years ago but now it's even more near and dear to my heart so I'm glad I'm not just fighting kids I'm fighting kids cancer so <laughs> I saw it and I was like that's uh, quite the interesting <laughs> shirt <laughs> good point so uh so if you are interested in supporting that, uh, I'll, I'll put a link uh, in the show notes uh, as well so that uh, as that kicks off, you can you can help support that that wonderful cause. Yeah. So we're both helping kids out this year. <clears throat> That's right. Good. Yeah. So I have to tell you, I saw I had like a mental picture of you riding your bike to like some playground to fight kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, sometimes they need a little straightening out. <laughs> oh man uh well let's take a quick break and come back and answer our question about ruth today you ready yes sir let's this do it. this is the all seven days podcast welcome back to the all seven days podcast standard trevor here taking your questions and uh, we have a question from tanya today this is not tanya's first question we answered one from her uh several weeks ago but now we've got uh, a series of questions uh, from the book of Ruth. Uh, Ruth is not, I would say, it's not preached from a lot. Mm -mm. It, is a, it is a narrative story of, um, and I wonder sometimes if it really should be called Naomi. Um, Naomi seems to be the, I don't, I don't know, maybe they kind of share... Maybe it should be called Naomi and Ruth. So, um, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read it. It's only four chapters. So I would suggest everyone who's listening go read the book of Ruth. It doesn't take you long. It's four chapters, and it tells an interesting story. And I'll see if I can summarize it. Okay, here we go. So Naomi uh, marries a man named Elimelech. Elimelech. Naomi marries Elimelech. Now, they live in uh, Jerusalem, I believe. I think, that's, I think that's right. And they have two sons, Malon and Chilion. Okay? <laughs> now, I didn't give them the names. That's just the names that they, they came up with. I'm sure they mean something in Hebrew. So... Most names in, in Hebrew mean something, but I didn't look up what they mean. So there's a famine in Israel where they're living. So to escape the famine, they move to Moab. I don't know where Moab is, but apparently it's a distance away and they had food there. So they moved to Moab. Now, after they move to Moab, Elimelech, the husband, dies. Okay. Then... The sons get married, and Malon married Ruth, and Chilion married Orpah. Not Oprah, Orpah. There's a difference. Oprah is not Orpah. Although, I have heard rumors that Oprah's name came from Orpah, and like a grandmother or something just mispronounced or something. I don't know if that's true or not, but you know, you can check me out on that. Uh, so they got married, and 10 years later, the sons die. Malon and Chilion both die. Okay? 
Am I going too fast, Trevor? Nope. Tracking with the story so far. All right. So after they die, Naomi hears that the famine is over in Israel, and she decides to go back, and she tells her daughters-in-law to go home, go back to their mother's house, and, you know, see if they can, you know, make out the rest of their days there, find husbands for themselves or whatever. Well, uh, Orpah does she goes home but ruth refuses and she goes back to israel with naomi okay Mm -hmm. and once they get back they have no way to support themselves because they have no men in their lives that might sound horrible to some of our women listeners but i mean this is just the way things worked uh back then and so ruth goes to basically uh glean grain from the grain fields during the harvest okay so she's basically working going behind the workers as they um, harvest the grain and anything that falls to the ground is supposed to be left so that someone who um, is needy can come and pick it up and maybe have some food for themselves okay yep so that's kind of how that's going on and um, so she does that and it just so happens that a man named Boaz owns the field that she decides to glean in and ends up protecting Ruth and treats her pretty well. Then we find out that Boaz is what's known as a redeemer. So here's, here's what we have to understand. Jewish law states that if a man dies without sons the next of kin is to take the widow as his wife this is weird we don't understand this in our culture but he's to take the widow his brother's wife as his own wife so that his brother's bloodline can continue right so he's supposed to take her as his wife and have kids and so his the inheritance of that bloodline can continue okay and that's known as a i think i've heard the phrase kinsman redeemer as well but basically it's it's stated in the esv just redeemer so naomi finds out about boaz and she sends ruth to a harvest party basically where she goes all dressed up And when Boaz is partied up, he goes to the pile of grain to take a nap, okay? So while he's asleep, Ruth comes in, uncovers his feet, and lays down at his feet. Now, the first question that Tanya asks is, what is so significant about Ruth uncovering Boaz's feet? So... According to what I've been able to find out, this is a Near East custom for a younger woman to propose to an older man. Because we can see in Ruth chapter 2, I'm sorry, yeah, Ruth chapter 2 verse 8, Boaz calls Ruth his daughter, which indicates that he's older. He's probably a generation older than her. And... 
So therefore, even if Boaz was interested in Ruth, which he obviously was, according to the story, because he was very protective of her, wanted and get, you know had had his workers drop extra grain on the ground so she could get a little extra. Um, he would never have proposed to her on his own. Would never have done that. It just wouldn't have been appropriate. However, this custom that Ruth uses kind of flips the table on him. It's her way to say, if you're interested, I'm interested. Okay? That we could get together. Okay? <laughs> using using some hip terms here, but daddy-o. Okay. So, uh, so Boaz wakes up, sees her there, and, and understands what she's asking. And he joyfully agrees, right? He is, he is all about it. And because he's seen what kind of quality woman she is, because she's worked so hard in the field, taking care. He's also heard about uh, him taking her, her taking care of her mother-in-law, which she didn't have to do. And he sends her home with even more grain. And he tells her that, however, that he, even though he's interested in marrying her and being the redeemer, there is someone even nearer relative to her than he is. And he has to speak with that man to make sure that it's okay. All right? Because if he wants to do it, if the, if the other guy that's nearer in relation to, um, to Naomi wants to redeem uh, his property, um, what's his name, Elimelech's property, and marry Ruth, then he's, he can do that if he chooses to do it. So Boaz has to clear it with this guy, right? So uh, Boaz goes the next day to the town center at the gate, right? And he sees the guy and has him to sit down. And then he calls 10 witnesses, elders of the town, to come and witness this conversation, all right? So um, um, he, um, he tells... Uh, the man about Naomi and about Elimelech's land and asks him if he wants to redeem it. And initially he says, yes, I will redeem it. And then he says, okay, but you understand that you also get Ruth as your wife. Well, that throws a monkey wrench in everything for the guy. And he says, oh, I can't do that. He doesn't really say why. He says something about losing the inheritance of his own land if he marries her. I'm not really sure what all that meant, but he says, I got to pass. Then Boaz says, then I'll do it. I will redeem it. And he said, so at that point, the guy takes his sandal off and gives it to Boaz. And that's the next question that Tanya asks. What's significant about taking off a shoe and giving it to a neighbor as a testimony. Well, again, it's a tradition thing. Um, it's it was kind of like signing a contract for us today, right? This is we've got witnesses around. We sign it. We might have it notarized, right? Just to, to have have it confirmed that it's our signature. Well, this is how they did it back then. This was like a notary on a contract, right? So I'm gonna. So if Trevor, you and I had an agreement. And I agreed what you plan to do. I would take off my shoe and give it to you. I don't know what you do with it. 
<laughs> I don't know if it's just symbolic or if you would just give it back, but it would be it would be like binding in the in the in all those witnesses watching this. It would be like, oh yeah, he gave him his shoe. This is a done deal. Okay. Yeah, I'm curious. Do you do you get that one sandal back? <laughs> I would think so. I think it's just a symbolic gesture. Here's my shoe. I'm agreeing with you that this is how we're going to handle this business, right? But you know, if they were the same size, maybe he needs a third shoe. I don't know. Weird. All right. So that that just that just sealed the deal, right? That's what that that was significant about. So Boaz marries Ruth. They have a son named Obed. Okay. And Naomi becomes the nurse. Now, Tanya's last question is, what's significant about Naomi nursing her grandson? Well, what we see in this story is God's providence all over it, right? If Naomi and Elimelech and their sons hadn't moved to Moab, the sons would have never married Ruth and Orpah. And if they hadn't married these two women, they couldn't have brought them back. And Ruth and Boaz would have never been married and had Obed. Now, what's significant about Obed? Obed becomes the father of Jesse. And Jesse is the father of David, who becomes king over Israel, right? Now, what's significant about that? Jesus' bloodline was prophesied to come through the line of David. So if that chain gets broken, then Jesus has no claim to the throne of Israel. Right? Yeah. So I think that it's, this book is just extremely interesting to me in its short little story form that just shows God's providence and how he works things through a horrible situation for Naomi that ends up bringing the bloodline of Christ into the world to save the whole thing. Yeah. And it's almost like it's an example of God's plan working itself out yeah. over generations. Yeah. It's exactly what it is. Yeah. 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 Um, an interesting, interesting story. Questions, Trevor. What's, what did I what did I leave out of the story? Um I don't know if it plays a big part, but uh the church that I go to, the pastor actually preached talking about Ruth maybe about a month or two ago. Really? Talked, yeah. That's funny. <clears throat> and he talked about uh people from Moab, the Moabites, mm -hmm. how they they were viewed as like low level Yeah almost like the Samaritans. Yeah. They weren't, they weren't viewed as good people. Right. And so how Ruth was from Moab and how she went back to Israel and she was kind of accepted in by the people, even though she was a Moabite. Yeah. David's grandmother even. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that, I mean, and that's kind of where he went with it, but, um, Another, another another thing to notice, if you go through the lineage of Jesus, there's a couple of characters. Uh, there's there's Ruth, right, a Moabite, mm -hmm. a Moabite woman. Also, if you remember in the story of Joshua, 
there was a prostitute in the city of uh, Jericho. And Joshua had the people march around the city and march around the city and march around the city. They did it for seven days. And on the seventh day, they marched around seven times. And they shouted and blew their trumpets and the walls fell down. Well, the prostitute that lived in the city had helped some Israelite spies earlier, right? When they were spying out the land. And when the walls fell, her family was saved. And that prostitute is now included in the lineage of Jesus. Yeah. And that was one thing he touched about is like, if you look at the lineage, like the women that were in the lineage, yeah. mm -hmm. they weren't like high quality people. Right. You know, Ruth was a Moabite. There's the prostitute. And then yep. there was uh, some other woman that wasn't viewed very highly. Yep. And so um, they're just talking about, yeah, how, uh, you know, Jesus hung out with sinners a lot. And yeah. In his bloodline, he has people that would be uh, viewed negatively these days. Well, I mean, yeah, just look at just look at David, right? Mm -hmm. David was a king called a man after God's own heart. But what was his great sin? <laughs> he he saw a woman taking a bath on a roof. He said, He's bring her here. She gets pregnant. So he has her husband, he has her husband killed and then takes her as his wife. And, you know, that's, I don't think we'd want him leading any of our small groups. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so, uh, man, yeah. So it just goes to show that God's, God's got all this under control despite our best efforts to, uh, to ruin it or even uh, you know even our our perception of things that this just can't have any good in it uh right. you know god turns all things to good for those who mm -hmm. love him and are called according to his purpose so um so yeah it's just an amazing uh story of how everything looks like the wheels are just coming off for this poor woman and it turns out to be uh exactly what god needed to have happen yeah, and it's crazy so, how God kind of orchestrated that whole plan. Yeah. You know, it's just... Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Just when you think, like, your life is, like you said, wheels are falling off. That's it. I'm not worth anything. What good could I bring? Yeah, and Naomi's in that, too. She's like, don't call me Naomi. Call me bitter because <laughs> God has dealt harshly with me. You know, she says that in that in that book. It's incredible her perspective of things is, you know, God is just completely against me, but the whole time he's working out the redemption of all creation through his son, through that lineage. So it's just incredible. All right. Anything else we need to add to that? No. Um, cool questions. Thanks. Tammy. Yeah, that was, that was good. Thanks question. Uh, um, for sending those in. That's really good. The whole taking of the shoes off. And laying at the feet, that's kind of an interesting thing. Yeah. Yeah, interesting customs there. Very interesting. Um, like, who comes up with that? Like, okay, this is what we're <laughs> going to do, ladies. We're going to take shoes off. Here's a shoe. <laughs> I really mean it. <laughs> yeah, that, that is interesting. Uh, yeah, but it. I guess it worked. So, so if you're walking around town and you see a guy with one sandal on, you're like, oh, that guy must have made a deal. That's right. That's right. 
10 sheep and one shoe, you know, he, he just bought those sheep. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to have to sell one of the sheep to get, get the sample. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's funny. Cool. Well, thanks everyone for listening today. A little bit shorter podcast, but maybe we'll give you some time back, but interesting stuff. Read that, read the book of Ruth. It's, it's interesting. Uh, again, thanks for listening. Remember, get your comments and questions in. Ask at all7days.com, 864-660-9473. Join the All 7 Days Hangout on Facebook. Let others know about the podcast. Share it with them. Leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps. And support us, all7days.com slash shop or anchor.fm slash all7days. This is the All 7 Days Podcast, where the goal is to make you think so highly of God that you forget about yourself. Now go give someone what you value most today. Yeah.